All right, and we are back, episode four. Two sweet crew here. Hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. On today's, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show, which we all, well, I guess we'll find out who liked it, who didn't. Also, we'll be going over our top three Super Bowl halftime shows of all time. The boys did their research, so that could get really interesting. Along with that, we'll be touching on Coachella a little bit more. Uh, specifically one of the main acts that's going. And after that, we have a special guest to go over a review that we've recently done. Very exciting stuff. Boys, what did you think of that show? Oh, man. Well, first off, I got to say, you know, like the whole concept of, uh, you know, Dre, Eminem, Snoop, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, like, uh, I guess aside from Eminem, aside from Kendrick Lamar, it's crazy throwback to, music that we all kind of grew up with uh maybe not so much me as you guys as i'm not as big into rap but you know there it's a nostalgic choice um you know and kind of led to our recent review of 2001 which we all rate it uh fairly well uh, i think it was 9.2 overall but you know the show itself for me um i watched it live obviously and i thought it was amazing it really hit right in the feels but uh recently i i watched it again when i was doing research for this and uh some things i definitely picked up on i I didn't think it was as good as i thought at the time Uh, i thought it was you know the nostalgia was more than the actual quality of it um really thought Dre was, and this has kind of always been the case, but his rapping just was kind of poor. You can tell he's old and doesn't have the breath control anymore to keep up with it. Snoop had to help him on pretty much the entire rap. Um, You know, the highlight for me was definitely Kendrick. And even though he didn't really fit the vibe, I thought he was by far the best part of the show. Uh, and you know, Mary J. Blige was kind of in the same realm as as uh, Dre. Like, I don't even know if you could really hear her singing. I kind of thought the show was more than anything. And then, well, Eminem's Eminem; he can still rap. But uh, you know, overall, I think Kendrick was the best part of the show, with a close second being uh, Snoop's dance moves. <laughs> I um. I'm very surprised that Eminem went with "Lose Yourself." <laughs> yeah, I, I think they had a they had a big missed opportunity not letting him do the "Forgot About Dre" verse there. Yeah, so, like oh, yeah, big time, man. They've done so many songs together. Like I don't know why they couldn't just do something, you know, or just or even if you did "Rap God," like just really show off a little bit more. I don't know. I agree with you. Then again, like "Lose Yourself" is badass. Like he got the Rams going, they brought it home. Like, uh, <laughs> But uh, it is, it, I don't know. It's one of those, uh, no matter which one you choose, you're going to be like, oh, man, we should chose that other one. But I, I know what you mean, though. The, uh, there are some missed opportunities there. Uh, I, just, I guess to go into me, uh, I loved it. Uh, I just recently watched it again as, as I was doing my rankings, even like uh, 30 minutes ago. Um, just like the beginning again killed me with Snoop. <laughs> Snoop doing his little dance and and Dre. And uh, I mean, might catch some heat for this, but I've never been a big Mary J. Blige fan. I mean, the first song was was cool. Like, and then the second song, she's like, no more pain. I'm like, yes, like, no more pain. Like, let's change the song here. Like, <laughs> brutal song choice. Like, let's, let's throw a slow song into the mix here. Like, Anyway, but then uh, I'm with Wandy. Kendrick was the best. He was like lightning shot out of a bottle. Like it was insane. And he did uh, All Right, which is uh, my favorite song of his. Um, then Eminem was Eminem. He did the whole Neil thing, which uh, you knew he had to do something controversial. Uh, 50 Cent was just like, you know, fit into the nostalgia. It was pretty funny, the whole like how they switched the camera off him and he got down to get mauled by the females. Um, overall, it was great, like super nostalgic. Uh, and uh, yeah, they definitely lost a step, but uh, I think Snoop was the highlight. 
Oh my god. Well, to me, honestly, I think like Snoop is timeless. Like the guy grew up like 90s gangster rap on the West Coast, and he just like shows with Martha Stewart on one day, and then he can crip walk on the halftime show the next day. You know what I mean? Like he's timeless. But um, I agree, man. I think the biggest thing is like it's the nostalgia. I'm like Blundy going through all the old halftime shows and seeing all these great acts. Then you go back and watch this one, which I did today. It's like the nostalgia blinders are on big time. Like I enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but that's definitely not the best or close to the best. But I mean, it was fun at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, Kendrick, of course, blew everyone away. And you got to, you know, it's a testament to Kendrick being a, almost a newer age rapper, being thrown in with all these older guys and just fucking crushing it. You know what I mean? For them to bring him on. Obviously, everyone respects him. But uh, no, it was really good. I, I felt really bad for 50 Cent, all the memes that were created because uh, they say he's gained some weight. But this is what you got to this is what you got to think. No one looks good upside down. OK, <laughs> you can't take a picture. Of the guy. <laughs> you can't take a picture of the guy when he's upside down and make memes out of him. That's just not fair. Like, yeah, he's a little bulky, but come on. That's just not nice. I really doubt 50 Cent cares. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, he's fucking rich as shit. But the funniest thing to me was I was watching this and I, I felt like a kid again, hearing all these old songs. And I remember in my brain initially, I was going, finally, music for the, the young generation, like for us. And then I <laughs> took a second. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, we're the, we're the old people now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, is, this, this is the nostalgia act. So... But it was all good fun. I mean, it is what it is. I, I enjoyed it, but yeah, it wasn't, wasn't top quality stuff. Speaking of top quality, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, what? there's a whole lot of Super Bowl halftime show. So I'll be completely honest with I didn't even bother watching just when <laughs> uh, reading the name and, you know, reading what they did. Some of it is just <laughs> not going to fall within line of some of these crazy shows that have been put on. So uh, for me, I'll be honest, I definitely leaned into shows I experienced during my football watching days, um, which started probably late 2000s. Uh, you know, the early ones weren't really uh, anything I looked at too hard. You know, the nostalgia factor in that way factored into my favorite halftime shows. And it's definitely a, more of a favorite kind of thing than what I think best three arc so uh, i don't know how you guys approach but that's kind of what i did so um for me uh in typical fashion and love of pop music my number three is lady gaga um i think the set list that she performed was absolutely amazing she's an incredible performer she absolutely commands the crowd uh, i don't think she took too much risk i think she could have definitely done something that's a little more crazy and lady gaga like but uh, still one of my favorites. Number two, and sticking with the theme, Katy Perry and Left Shark. Um, I think they were uh, absolutely amazing. This is like almost, I would compare it to like a, a Las Vegas type show. This was the spectacle of spectacles in terms of, you know, her coming in on that lion and uh, just the overall uh, output that she put together. I can only imagine how much money she spent on that to be able to pull it off. It was you know, a spectacle of spectacles and for her to kind of do that almost to herself, whereas a lot of shows really focus and uh, bring in so many performers and, and lean on other people to be able to command that type of halftime show presence was uh, very, very high level for me. And finally, number one, speaking of someone who can command it by himself, uh, I got to say, I think it's by far the number one and uh, Prince, I think, was the best halftime show. Um, the guy's a legend, man. Uh, and I think it only got more iconic with his death recently. Um, you know, his, his ability, like he brought in, I think he played queen, Foo fighters, uh, Bob Dylan, and then, you know, closed with purple rain. Um, it's when I was watching these halftime shows, I ended up going back and watching this one like three or four times. I just, it was captivating. And I think he was by far the best. Love that. Love that. Neither of those are in my top three. <laughs> I told you I could probably predict this one, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, we'll see. Um, so um, I, I did do really enjoy all those three, though. Uh, Bill Lundy, um, Gaga, and Katy Perry, I agree. Uh, they were neck and neck. 
um, on my rate rankings. Um, slight edge to Katy Perry. I thought like, I mean, you, you said it, it was like a Vegas show. It was insane. And then uh, Lady Gaga jumping off the building. Like, I don't know. You can't help but have a little life at that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Prince was uh, really solid too. Yeah, I, I liked how he did uh, other artist songs and he just absolutely shredded the guitar. Like, so that was sick. Um, number three for me was Beyonce. Wouldn't say I'm the, the biggest uh, Beyonce fan in the room, but she absolutely commands the stage, as Wendy said. Her uh, her set her the song choices were amazing. I mean, she's had so many major hits. She got Destiny's Child back out on the stage with her to do uh, do an old one. What what was it she had? So she did Halo at the ending, which is amazing. Just shows off her voice. Crazy in Love, Single Ladies. Um, so she nailed it. And uh, like I said, she's not a not a favorite of mine. So just to, for her to stand out like that was uh, was pretty impressive. Uh, second for me was Dre and M and Mary J. Blige and Kendrick, which you just met, spent some time talking about. Uh, I won't say too much more. It was just killer, like super nostalgic, just the, the way they did up the stage. And um, it, was, it was just great. Uh, it was a really solid 15 minutes. And will Roz know this? <laughs> My uh, kind of runaway number one, I was a bit surprised, was uh, Paul McCartney. Um, I guess I should say I wasn't surprised because I, I saw him in 2016 in Austin, Texas. I think he was at the ripe age of 62 and, uh, he put off an amazing show then. So I, I hadn't actually heard, um, this, uh, this performance until I went back and listened. And I mean, he starts with baby, you can drive my car into get back. Uh, live and let die like the fireworks like with just it, just incredible show like incredible performance and then ended it off with hey Jew, which has a sing-along factor you know so you had the distinction in these performances where some like some of the crowds were right next to the stage and then some made some of the stages were like massive nobody was anywhere near it i felt felt like it gave much more of an intimate feel when the fans were like close to the stage so that added to it as well but um, there was so many good ones. Like I have a clump behind these three that are like all, you know, within 0.5 of each other, um, say out of 10, but those are my, those are my three. You had me Russ. No, I, uh, I just went super obvious pick that you'd pick chili peppers and Bruno Mars. I don't know. That's just, <laughs> <laughs> just that seemed... kind of, I don't know if you're going to pick it, but that show kind of sucked in my opinion. Um, no, I didn't No, It was, <laughs> it was didn't just chili. Didn't the Chili Peppers like not plug in their instruments? Like, is, is that true? Is that true, or is that just some made up so, rumor? So it's it's true that for a lot of Super Bowl shows, like just from a production standpoint, a lot of the instruments are not live. Like yeah. I'll, I'll get into it with a little bit later, but some are clearly live. Like Prince's was clearly live, but yeah. some a lot of bands they'll just say if it's too hard to set up the acoustics or set up the you know like acoustic drums and set up the mics and stuff. Yeah, sometimes it's a nightmare for a production. So. But yeah, I, I remember watching that and going, read my like this, but like, I think it was a contrast between Bruno Mars being like the next MJ kind of like super cool R&B and then like Chili Peppers in the 2010s, like rocking out with no shirts on. It was just like a weird, very like uncanny valley kind of combination, you know? So yeah, I, I didn't hate it. Like, I think Bruno Mars is an exceptional talent and I don't sure it was a, it was a bit strange, but like they were in my, I think they were in my top five. So yeah. I, I didn't hate it. Uh, like they have a couple of good songs. And for me, he's a performer that's like so much better live than sitting down and listen to oh, yeah. his stuff, you know, yeah. from start to finish. But that was pretty good. That's good. It's actually... Then he came back again uh, with uh, with Coldplay and Beyonce. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, another later, weird later on. Another <laughs> strange one. Yeah. It was in the middle of the day. Like so much weird stuff going on with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Some of the stuff is like the individual performers are like, incredible and then you put them all together and it just it's just weird it kind of takes away from yeah <laughs> the overall of it like i would love to see the red hot chili peppers well, i've seen them and then love to see bruno myers but then together they are just like the weirdest <laughs> oh yeah i like i like if i were to see, to see a festival i want to see them in separate stages completely different yeah. sides of the venue just <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> no and on that note read just on your number one that hey you performance is absolutely amazing oh it's yeah. very fun so yeah I was going to follow up too. So when I was looking at the, uh, at those, uh, performances, 
Apparently they brought in Paul McCartney the year after Justin Timberlake whipped the shirt off of uh, Janet Jackson. So mm-hmm. they wanted like a safe yeah. bet to come in. And I think he yeah. was like, who can we get like the safest bet? Oh, let's get like a beetle. <laughs> yeah. like an acoustic sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Paul, it obviously paid off because it's, it was super good. So yeah. So with that, I'll go through mine. Um, some similarities to Lonnie's here. My number three is 2015 Katy Perry. I mean, what can, what else can I say? She came in on a goddamn giant robot lion. Like uh, she was a power ranger <laughs> going into a megazord. Like it was insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like between that and her flying through the air, like a bird on that, like star, <laughs> like, I don't even know how the harnesses work. I don't know what was going Like I was like, you said Vegas show thoroughly entertained. Yeah. She tied up. She tied up. She had to be. She had to be. She, she had, had her fall rice training for sure. She yeah. had to be something going on, man. Can you imagine? But, um, <laughs> But yeah, like also like even the nostalgia factor in that, it's like she, I mean, she's still popular now, but when she was really popular, like every song she played on that set was a number one hit on the radio. Like I have it here. She played Roar, Kiss the Girl, Dark Horse, Teenage Green, California Girls, like whole, like it's insane, right? Yeah. Lenny Kravitz came in, Missy Elliott came in, like did lose control. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, (laughs) what a show. It was so funny seeing Katy Perry and Missy Elliott side by side. Like yeah. Katy Perry should have just went off the stage for a minute or so. Yeah. Read, read. Not only, not only, no, listen. Not only did she knock off the stage, she put on a fucking jersey. <laughs> she, she was wearing like a big baggy jersey. Like it's like, come on, man, it's good the way. But um, yeah. yeah, and that, and then the left shark, which I did look up as well. Apparently, apparently the story. This guy now works in California as like a hairdresser. Apparently he was like one of her actual dancers for years. And uh, he was told that he can kind of go free, going a little freelance with it. And he okay. just kind of, he just kind of went free for it. <laughs> he didn't get fired for it, but yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> he really made it. Yeah. Was, I'm left shark. Prove it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always thought like, I always thought like he just couldn't see or some shit, but apparently he like tried it on purpose. So I don't know. <laughs> crazy so the mysteries that you figure out when you uh do your due diligence so number two 1993 the one that started it all the king of pop michael jackson what wow man (laughs) so i'm gonna i'm gonna go into some background here so don't know if you guys looked into this but basically before michael jackson super bowl half times were like marching bands 1989 they had an elvis impersonator like it wasn't fucking a good time (laughs) nobody was enjoying themselves and then the king of pop showed up and he's doing you know billy jean black and black or white like he's coming in like standing in front of these like smoke machines really turned the game up to 11 obviously at the end with the kids bit weird considering everything (laughs) in hindsight it's super weird (laughs) i'd say yeah that part could have been completely scrubbed from the internet but yeah it's it's the fucking it's the king of pop what are you gonna do anyway i don't know yeah (laughs) but yeah no michael michael jackson come on and uh number one uh like lonnie said prince 2007 it's i watched that one a lot going through this um, I read that it was the first time in 40 years I ever actually reigned at a Super Bowl. I don't watch football, so I don't know if that's actually true, but that's what was uh that's what I found out. And um yeah, I mean, I, I guess most acts you think they just go, Oh, it's pouring rain, I'm not going out, like I'm not doing it. And then Prince actually said to the production uh, supervisor, Can you make it rain harder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like he's coming out there, he's doing basically all covers, you know what I mean? He's just having fun. Like he obviously did Purple Rain, but like uh, Dave Grohl mentioned that him doing Best of You was like one of his like crowning achievements in music, like Dave Grohl. Mm. Like it's pretty, you know. So no, it was just like one of those performances that will go down in history is like one of probably, I would say the best personally, but man, yeah, just what a show. Unreal. Incredible, man. Like yeah. I said, I agree with you. One of how do you, how, just how do you shred, like shred the guitar like that? Like it's just. Yeah, it's super. Super impressive. Yeah. With that, Michael yeah. Jackson number two, man. man. Michael Jackson. Man, have you? <laughs> yeah, did, that's, did that's, you, it's pretty you, good, but uh, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it. And yes, I know all that, you know, kickstarted, but I don't think he sang a word. Did he? he? Yeah, I think he it was lip sync the whole thing. It's the performance. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the performance. It's the history. It's what it did for the whole thing. I think I fucking loved it. 
He pops up through the stage and stands there for like 90 seconds to a Ravazzino ovation. He doesn't do anything for yeah, like but the first two minutes. That just personifies basically how fucking famous he is that people are just screaming like in crazy. Well, they brought food. they brought him in because the Super Bowl was like the ratings of the football itself wasn't good <laughs> enough. So they're like, let's get let's get the biggest possible person we can in here yeah. to, you know get us some ratings essentially and i mean it it definitely worked and i think the overall concept of him really creating this trend is definitely worth some some points i didn't think the performance itself was uh great but i can see where you're coming from to have it high for sure listen michael jackson walked so that snoop Dogg could crip walk that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Um, any uh any worst ofs any, I, I I have a, a couple. Song. I have a couple. Yeah. Anyone want to start it off, or should I just keep going? Uh, no, there. I don't have any worse subs. There was just a lot of long list that I just refused to watch. So you go ahead. So the one that was the most glaring for me, and it was something that I remember when it happened. I was just like visibly mad. Was the Black Eyed Peas? <laughs> it's it's oh, 2011. So bad. So like, bad. like the Black Eyed Peas. They're a studio band. Like they were never good live ever. Yeah. Ever. Like they're obviously they're doing party anthems back with like we're in university, but they have no right to be on a stage like that ever. And even with them on there being bad, they were like extra, like it's like they weren't even fucking trying. They were like extra bad. It's terrible. And they brought up Slash at the end of it. And they're like, <laughs> oh my God, it's a song. It's a good one that isn't theirs. And then, <laughs> and then Fergie goes to the side that side of the stage is and just butchers sweet child of mine. Like, oh <laughs> dear God. Yeah, it was bad, man. Yeah, that one was. Yeah, that one really stuck. I didn't even need. So when I was thinking of bad ones, like these two in particular, like I didn't even need to really watch them again, but I did anyway just to get angry. But um, <laughs> the, the other one was uh, Madonna 2012 LMFAO. There's just yeah. man, there's there's something for me watching like people DJ when the when the when the equipment isn't plugged. There's no cords in the back of the equipment, and they're pretending to DJ. Fucking kills me like they were sitting they were sitting there on turntables with clearly not on at all and no cords anywhere in sight and just like fucking going on and on man just uh triggers me yeah those those two were bad they were definitely really bad there's a couple other like random ones like i read and i couldn't even believe they were halftime shows like like an R&B tribute and like a Motown one. Like, yeah. you, think, you think what they're doing today with these, <laughs> with these Super Bowl halftime shows, it's, I mean, there was like a Disney on ice one. <laughs> on. Like, yeah. I, um, yeah. I watched it. I watched like any, if I, if it was a recognizable name, I said, all right, I'll give it at least a chance. <laughs> so, so that got a few just beauties, but the worst, by far was it was a Disney one and it was Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, and and Tony Braxton. <laughs> Good lord. It was I mean, there's some talent in that group, but yeah, just holy moly. I I don't even want to talk about it, honestly. Um what else uh, we have there? Um Maroon 5 is pretty crap. Uh, Black Eyed Peas, yeah. Those, those were the worst ones. I, I want to give a shout out actually to one that um, is in my top five. And you, like when you go through the names and look at them, you may not think uh, that they'll. Oh yeah, they won't. They won't make the cut. But man, the Who put off a great live show. They yeah. started with Pin Pinball Wizard in the Teenage Wasteland with a sick harmonica solo. And then uh, who are you and won't get fooled again? Like I thought they uh, did a very, very solid job without like kind of the bells and whistles as some of the the major ones. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was a really good. One. Yeah, there's something to be said for, you know, like when you got your Katy Perry's and your Lady Gaga's for like some of these rock bands just being able to come on and like absolutely kill it. Like the Stones was really good too. Bruce Springsteen was great. Like... It's just, you know, they're not quite at that upper echelon, but, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of them. They're just fantastic performances. Just when I think uh, the Super Bowl now, I just think the spectacle kind of thing. I I think you'll be hard pressed to ever see a rock band like that 
headline these unless something goes like wrong like justin timberlake janet jackson again where they're trying to go something safe but i think you'll continually see these pop stars kind of take over this show it'll be more of a spectacle every year than just a concert. oh yeah yeah maybe maybe we'll get billy next year who knows <laughs> you never know but uh i'm kanye maybe we get kanye Speaking of spectacle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was are we gonna get him? Like, is he going? Like, every day is something man. like he's either get like yelling at Billie Eilish or he's freaking out at a what are they what are they calling him now? What's Davidson? Skeet or I don't know. Man. I'm gonna say Skeet as a, as a Newfoundlander. I think the <laughs> Skeet Davidson is the funniest fucking yeah. even if it's not meant the way that we would think of it. But yeah, man, I don't know. Like his. I seen one post he had like uh, it was all the people he was beefing with or something like that, like all the people he didn't like, and like a lot of them were like people that you knew, and then like randomly it's like Peppa Pig or, <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, his it was just said my cousin, like <laughs> like some of this stuff is ridiculous. It's almost to the point where I don't even know anymore if these are memes or real because he's so ridiculous, he's so and bad over the top right now. And like, I don't know. I don't want to laugh at it too much because like, I'm almost <laughs> to the point now where you feel bad for this multi-billion-dollar girl, fucking Kim Kardashian, because she's so getting harassed by like. But man, he's gone off the deep end, and I have no idea if we're gonna see him. But fuck, I hope we do, man. Probably the best PR ever for Kim Kardashian that fucking Kanye is terrorizing her at all times. It's like, man, everyone's like pitying the Kardashians big time. Yeah. The Peppa Pig thing, he actually, I think he actually, I think, I think, I think I heard, I think I heard this right. I think Peppa Pig's album got better scores than Donda. I think that's why he's beefing with Peppa. You know he's beefing with Peppa. Like, you know he's beefing with Peppa. <laughs> it's like Kid Cudi, Peppa. Peppa Pig. Peppa yeah. Pig. Speaking of Donda, did Donda 2 even drop today? Was that today? 222, yeah, wasn't it? Today. Oh, today. Well, I assumed that this was not going to drop for. I'm still waiting for fucking. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Yandi from like 2018. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know, man. Like, I is there much to say about it? You know, no. I've, I've said on uh, past episodes that I'll believe I'm going to Coachella when I'm in the field participating. Well, you, I feel like you put Kanye in the same uh, unpredictability matrix as uh, COVID. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll believe we're seeing Kanye. When he's there with some church on fire or whatever he's going to have going on like, Listen, in his show. Even if he shows up at Coachella, he could just be another, he could just like take off like that black ski mask and be like someone completely different. Like you just don't know. Like every day is a little heartbreak. Urkel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know, man. Every day is a little heartbreak. It's like, is he coming? Is he, you know, like just, man. It's, it's crazy too. Cause like the whole weekend is going to build up to it. Like if, he, if yeah. he's still on the lineup, like when we go, like when we touch down in Cali. We're going to be going through the whole weekend for this build up to this climax of, you know, three of our, one of our favorite artists. Like there's no ways around it, regardless of how crazy he is or what he's doing now His backlog <laughs> is some of our favorites. So, you know, it could either really put the cherry on top of an amazing weekend, or it could just, you know, completely blow up. And I mean, Raj, you've kind of experienced it in a way, right? Like with your Kanye experience in GovBall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh where he yeah, he couldn't play golf ball, so he started just popping up in random places like Where's Waldo in New York City and just like causing riots all over the city, like downtown. Like and even when I saw him, I did see him in Miami once for the life of Pablo Tour, and he was crazy, like he was just on this girder just yelling obscenities at people and just <laughs> you know, like we will not know what's gonna happen until the Sunday afternoon. We're gonna be getting texts and getting tweets. Like Kanye before he's even like on stage, like it's gonna be last minute we know this is happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, the minute he walks on stage, it's like Reed said, when he's finally there and I can physically see him with my own eyes, that is when I'll believe he's coming. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna have like a jetpack or something. Like he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna have fire coming out of those boots. <laughs> Listen, man, I watched the show that he put on Amazon video and if it's Prime video and if it's anything like that, I'm fucking in. Yeah, that, hit that parade, was, please. Just oh, bring man. The hits. So good. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Is there much to add on his craziness? Like, I think the Pete Davidson Kanye feud is just 
you know, it's hilarious, but it's also absolutely yeah. just too much. It's like, it's too. like drive, it's driving past a car crash that the guy needs help. Like when you put out the album Yee a few years ago on the artwork, it said, I hate being bipolar. It's awesome. Like this guy <laughs> <laughs> that's on the artwork. Like the guy is off his meds, on his meds. You don't know what he's going to do. Like you can't, you can't trust what's going to happen. So but I'm just going to hope in my heart that he shows up. And he has a good old time and we all have a good old time. And then he goes home and I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the, the Pete, the Pete Davidson Saturday night live clip from, you know, make Kanye 2006 again is, is pretty much exactly how we should all feel about this. Like, yeah, he's absolutely gone off his meds again. He's completely crazy and he should probably be on his meds and not as crazy. I mean, I think he was calming down and then he got a clip of that SNL skit like a week or two ago and then he went off again so yeah does he know that's from like fucking six years ago or he probably, thinks, he probably thought it was like an instagram live or something yeah crazy <laughs> all right that's enough kanye for one podcast lonnie why don't you uh bring jack in so we can gush about turnstile for a bit uh yeah so uh everybody welcome special guests here uh we recently had a request coming in from one of our followers jack thompson for an album uh, Turnstiles Glow On um, received very high reviews from us, so we're stoked about uh, his participation in it. And we actually asked him to uh, write his own review, give his own score, pop his own quote, and uh, he's even joined us here on the podcast. So I'm going to hand it off to Jack and uh, feel free to take us away on Turnstiles Glow On and the process. Welcome, Jack. Absolutely. Thanks, boys. I, uh, I appreciate you having me on. This is, uh, this is a good. Uh, a good position for me to be in is I've uh, actually been trying to get my own podcast back on the tracks for a while. I I, uh, I think a lot of that is just procrastinating and being lazy. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, kind of being back in the in the in the passenger seat will uh, will ho- hopefully prompt me and uh, kind of get me to uh, maybe light a bit of a fire under my ass. But uh, yeah, no. When I reached out to you guys to see if you were doing uh, really any. Uh, follower requests um it's more so because turnstiles glow on um it was they're a band that i had never really heard too much about up until i'd say probably a couple weeks before before christmas when everyone's uh you know looking at spotify raps and uh, pitchforks you know top tracks top albums of the year um and i came across this uh this hardcore uh group of uh group of thrashers from Baltimore, uh, turnstile. And, and they came up with, of course, glow on the album that we did review. And, uh, I'll be honest, guys, I was blown away. Um, it's just in a, I've always been into punk music, harder music. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm a, a day one for the dead Kennedys or any of the Ramones, <laughs> anything like that, because well, yeah, I was born in the 1990s, but, um, you know, any really any music that kind of, makes you want to bang your head or, or just like kind of get down with some, some pretty, uh, some pretty saucy riffs. So, um, yeah, I think, I think this group really knocked it out of the park with, uh, with glow on. Um, I mean, uh, you look at the, like the, uh, people who've, they've got their fingerprints all over this album. Look at Mike Elizondo, look what he's been involved with. I know you guys just talked about Dr. Dre and, and, uh, of course the Super Bowl halftime show, Mike Elizondo, of course, <laughs> Played some bass on some tracks in the Chronic, uh, 2001, and so uh, he's his uh, reputation precedes him for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it's just good, great music. Um, I think you know, for the most part, I'm more of a rhythm, more of a sound guy versus lyrics. I think I am definitely in the minority when it does come to uh, to that um, kind of perspective, but. I think everyone is uh, looking or always looking for music that, you know, resonates with them in one way or another. And I think what we all kind of came to the conclusion of if you uh, if you do read our, our kind of uh, summaries and, and our, our takes on what we thought Glow On kind of represented was, uh, you know, it had a lot of uh, basically overtones of of the current world that we're living in, uh, of course, obviously overshadowed by no more other than a pandemic. So uh, this album, I kind of looked at it as like a big catharsis, like a, a big, big unleashing of, of emotion and and perhaps pent up rage. And uh, yeah, I, I thought uh, I thought the group, if they hadn't already put themselves on the map, um, they really had established themselves as, as kind of uh, 
you know, some of the, some of the leading horses in, uh, in punk rock music as we know it today. Absolutely, man. Any uh, thoughts from you guys? I mean, I, I think Jack summarized everything there incredibly well, man. I, th- was, I, think, uh, he <laughs> I think he yeah, did great. Yeah, that, that was, uh, you know, there's not really much, so a whole lot add there, you know, in, in terms of the music itself, but bringing that to the table to us is fantastic. You know, we actually kind of also touched on how we try to bring new music to people and, you know, what enjoyment we get out of doing these pods and these uh, reviews and stuff. And, you know, you brought that to us and, man it blew me away there's really not much else to say i'm like yourself jack kind of grew up on the punk rock and and all the harder stuff thrashing around you know release those emotions that you don't really know you have kind of thing and uh, i think punk does uh really well to do that even if you lyrics say make no sense or nothing you know the rhythm guitars and the bashing drums and it's just absolutely insane and incredibly high quality album that kind of pushes those punk boundaries uh, more so than what you're typically used to from bands like that. Yeah, the uh, the most fascinating thing for me, uh, as a contrast to you guys, is that I did not grow up on the punk scene whatsoever. Like hardcore punk was never really in my catalog ever. So uh, for me to go in there and, like you said, Jack, you're a rhythmic sound guy. I'm your rhythmic sound guy in arms. I usually the boys are usually more in the lyrics, and I'm usually more in the sonic qualities of what's going on. So I definitely uh, took that into account where. Although I'm not a hardcore punk guy, just just the way the rhythm went and the, the diversity and the sounds and the drum patterns and just the drum drumming in general was just amazing. And then just all the elements put together, they almost went above, like I said in my review, above the hardcore punk genre and kind of just put, had their fingers in everything. And it was just just sonically from top top to bottom, just just a really great experience. Awesome. Yeah, even uh, you guys mentioned about growing up with it. And that was one of the first things that ran through my head was, man, I miss this. Like, I'm not listening to enough of this anymore. Like, I think right off the bat with mystery just kind of grabs you and then blackout and then one after one, you're like, okay, this thing's slowing down. And, uh, you know, 30 odd minutes later, you're finished and you're like, oh, man, like, I should start digging for a bit more of this stuff because because uh, I'm not really listening to much anymore. Um, other than when um, maybe late at night throwing a few system tracks or, or rage and <laughs> in in the kitchen with uh, a deck of cards there, eh? but uh, <laughs> no, it was uh, it was good. It was a great one to throw back to and, and a great style to throw back to. And I, I think it's really only the second or third we've done out of fifty five or so albums. So. Um, you know, moving forward here, maybe we'll look at uh, adding a few more to the mix. Yeah, no. Absolutely. No, I can't, uh, I, I, I can't, uh, I, I can't really summarize that any further. I'll be honest with you guys too, especially where you're, uh, you're, of course, your makeup is, is that you listen to an album from start to finish. And in my, I guess, music curation history, I've definitely not necessarily been, um, you know, a top to bottom album listener. It's definitely something I'm trying to get more um, in tune with. I will say that Glow On, I did listen from Mystery all the way through the last track, which escapes me at this uh, at this second. But um, I guess the one question I, I got for you guys too, especially where I know I'm, I'm sure a lot of these albums you're hearing for the first time as well. And uh, I guess Roz, I'll let you answer first, as I know that you know you've released music in the past as well. So mystery is is the track, of course, that that kind of you know captivated me, and obviously I was like, I'm definitely going to keep going after hearing this song. Is and it did end up kind of still being the uh, the standout. I mean, there's five or six standouts in my opinion on the album, but the one that I really you know really clicked with. Um, when it comes to like an opening track and I know every album, every EP LP is, is different and it's, it is trying to, to capture, or it's trying to, um, you know, establish or stand for something. But I guess when it comes to, I guess, most of the albums that you guys have reviewed, what would you have to kind of say about the opening track of an album and like, what's the most important thing to achieve, um, you know, starting out with, uh, and like I said, it is really subjective where per different, every different genre, right? It's going to be kind of a different sentiment. But what do you think is, I guess, the most important part about an opening track? It's actually funny. It's a great question, Jack. And it's funny you say this because I know that me and the boys did talk about this. And Lundy, I'm sure we'll touch on this. But 
it is, I find it is lost as somebody who, yeah, do produce music, listen to a lot of music. It is lost the art of actually arranging an album. Um, obviously in today's TikTok age where people have the attention span of a goldfish, you really have about 10 to 20 seconds to really get someone in there. So I've always been a big proponent of a very strong opener and a very strong closer. Um, almost all my reviews, I'll always at least mention one of those, if not both. But uh, no, in this day and age, yeah, like you got you to gotta start strong. If you want people, I mean, people, you know, people aren't going to the record stores all the time now, like and, and buying albums and kind of going front to back. Uh, people are shuffling on Spotify. You know what I mean? They might check you out or they might see us now on Instagram and they might go and put mystery on and holy shit does mystery blow you away. You know what I mean? I think uh, the boys at Turnstile did a really effective job in kind of making their mark very quickly to really get it started. And uh, Lonnie, I don't know if you want to pick up on this because you did make it, you did make a comment about this. Yeah. That's really weird. He brought that up, Jack, because like, that's just like spot on what I asked the guys the other day. I think I sent the, uh, the surprise emoji with like the head exploding emoji. And I was like, when's the last time a song made you feel that way on the opening track? And uh, that album definitely did this album definitely did that for me. And I think the one I mentioned uh, other than that recently was jungles uh, loving in stereo that kind of just captivated me from the minute that opened and they're completely different genres. And, you know, I think it's uh, Roz touched on it, but uh, also one of our biggest artists right now in the world, Adele, actually changed Spotify. Like she straight up said, like she didn't want her album to be shuffled. Like she made this album the way it was made and that's how it's supposed to be heard. So I don't think she's the only artist that feels like that. I think there's probably a ton of them and, you know, some still curate, but some definitely don't. And, you know, it's just, it's getting the singles and those big hits more so than a full album. And, you know, you see it with say, Kanye's and Drake's who put 20 songs on an album now rather than actually curating and stuff they're just hoping you know to get five or six hits out of it they don't really care about you listening to an album front to back so it's a lost art for sure a couple points to add so uh on the album thing so I've always had a couple thoughts on the album thing so one and maybe the biggest is you know as time goes on we continue to lose bits of our history and like where things came from and it's one thing I, I really like vinyl. Not only does it give a, a great sound, but it gives you a record, how it was meant to be listened to when it was first released. You put it on, you put the, put the needle at the edge and let it work its way in, flip it over. That's all they had. Never had they may have had radio with a couple of stations on it. They never had, you know, cassette, CD to burn, you name it, whatever. That's all they had at the time. So I really appreciate that, uh, you know, that aspect of listening to an album from start to finish. And on top of that, um, you know, as you guys mentioned, we're getting away from it and it's more of a single based, uh, single based culture, but, uh, you know, a lot of artists still make albums to be listened to front to back and you can tell by the way they put it together. Right. Um, and I guess leading into that point, I think the first song is, uh, is, a, is a major song, uh, Jack, I think you either set the tone or you have to make it like intriguing for, you know, like boom, right off the bat, you hit you with a mystery and like make you really want to go to number two or like pull a, a number one from the jungle where it's this really slow, like intriguing lead in like, where are we going here? And number two, boom. Like, I think uh, I often mention it in my, in my reviews. Oh, this album starts off here or starts with this. And then because I really feel like that's the first impression that the artist is making with this piece of work, you know, whether or not, you know, they released a single before or after. But if someone had to pick it up at the store and never heard it once, never threw it on radio or whatever's on the go, that's what they were here first. And I think it's uh, I think it's a major thing and it's a great question. Just uh, one last point. It's um and like everyone's been saying, it, it, there's a craft to it. And no better than Glow On is, um, you know, if it were front to back hardcore punk, like just balls to the wall, I probably would get fatigued as it's not really my uh, cup of tea. But I mean, you have songs like Mystery, Blackout, but then it hits Underwater Boy. They slow it down. You can breathe. Then it goes to Holiday. Then it goes to Alien Love Call, slows it down again. Then back up. Then you have Dance Off, TLC. Like they're using the arrangement to really tell a story and to control the energy throughout the album. And that's something that, again, will get lost if you don't listen to it in that way. But no, 
just the way it was crafted and just the way they went about it. No, it's, I still listen to this album right like to this day. I think it's really, really good. And uh, yeah, hope to see the boys live. Getting it on vinyl whenever I can. It's <laughs> such a sick album. And yeah. I don't see it ever, you know, some albums you feel really good about. You listen to it over and over again. And then suddenly it just kind of gets to a point where you're like, I, you know, I don't want to listen to this anymore. It's, you know, I might revisit it in a year or something, but this is just so, I don't know. It's something that I'll just blast whenever I get a chance by myself over loud as fuck speakers. Like that's, that's all I want with this album every single time. And hopefully that's what they intended to do by releasing that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how I feel the exact same way. Right. It's just like, well, I compared it to like a soundtrack you'd hear on like an EA sports hockey game, like yeah. or something you'd expect to hear at like warmups in the bell center. Right. Like it's uh, it's, it's stuff that should get the blood pumping. And, and, you know, I think their turnstiles mission statement, obviously as a hardcore, you know, rock punk band, is you know is to get people moving is to get people like really you know out of their comfort zones or out of their element right and like it's yeah it's powerful it's like just powerful intense you know composition of of and all the elements they just they do work in perfect synchronicity so uh yeah i'm i'm really glad you guys enjoyed it because the way that i felt about it you know i felt like when i reached out to you guys i was like there's a chance these guys will like it, but more so it's my ability to just really sound off how much I feel about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I got to say too, you did great. Like, I don't know if we got to really compliment your writing or anything like that, but when I try, I know you sent it to me like a week early and I just copied and pasted it and threw it in my note. I was like, I'm not reading this. I, I want to you know, get my own thoughts on paper. But after I read it, I was like, damn, this is, this is really good. You're, way better than my first review was i can i can most definitely guarantee you that but and i think that that speaks for us all like uh you know thanks again for recommending it thanks for hopping on thanks for writing you know engagements what we like about this and it's uh greatly appreciated absolutely and you know i'm I'm obviously more than happy to offer my thoughts i do come from a journalist background as well so i definitely uh i definitely had to come out guns a blazing with the review but it's good i mean it's something i've gotten away from in in recent years as well and i do read of course like a lot of uh you know publications about music whether it's pitchfork or um you know rolling stone stuff like that but um no it was it was good to just kind of Listen through the album start to finish as I'd mostly been listening to. I, I mean, as I as I said, when I first listened to it, I listened to it start to back. And then since in the time that had elapsed since, it was mostly just listening to the ones that I, I enjoyed the most. But then going back from the the top to listen to all of them. And it was it was I mean, I can obviously see where where your guys uh, inspiration to, you know, to write these, you know, really concise summaries comes from is because you just kind of drown everything out for a bit you listen to the music and and you really just kind of convey what you're uh what you really think about it right so oh man doctor of the park came in first follower requests did a review with us everything was great can't couldn't ask for better honestly. set the bar high man if anyone yeah, else wants the to join high. and if anyone's right. listening yeah. out who's, there, who's the next challenger <laughs> yeah <laughs> We, we would love more people to do this for anyone that's listening. Like this was really fun. Um, obviously Jack killed it and picked a really good album, but if anyone out there is listening and, and is interested by what we've done here, then certainly shoot us a DM, send us an email, anything along those lines, text one of us, who cares how it's done, but we're always open to, yeah, to absolutely. this kind of thing. I think the, the biggest thing to take away, even from someone who, you know, might just be, kind of reading your content is, you know, you guys are passionate about this and, you know, I, I mean, I'm passionate about music too. Right. So it kind of goes hand, it kind of comes naturally if, you know, it is something that you enjoy doing and you like talking about music. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, listen, this, obviously you guys are supportive of one another and like that, obviously your dynamic is not just, you know, three really good friends, but you've obviously come to this point where you say 55 reviews you've done now. So, you know, you're, you're definitely, you're definitely kind of fleshing out every point of, of like the albums as well, which is good because, you know, I find sometimes, and you guys might agree with this too, is when you do read, I guess, online reviews, you know, by one uh, particular journalist, um, it kind of doesn't always embody or really kind of 
flesh out the entirety of of the album because you know they they can only they're on a quota they can't be writing you know 3500 words about how they feel about uh you know the latest album coming out right it's got to be still somewhat neutral and and abide by the kind of the mission statement of whatever publication they write for but no i think you guys do do a great job of of uh of kind of leaving no stone left unturned when it does come to uh to reviewing these albums so kudos to you guys as well thanks high man that's really high nice. praise high praise yep. appreciate that yeah, jack has set the bar high for future yeah. follower requests music <laughs> and review wise <laughs> but yeah. you too you too could set the bar high you- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is where you get that word uh, word art. On your, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. also have to pump our tires like jackass. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, man. It's funny you actually bring that up, Jack, because, um, yeah, the whole idea of having three people review the same thing, you're going to get, you know, a variety of diversity of ideas and of opinions. Whereas I know you read, boys, you remember the Greta Van Fleet review we read? We don't have to say the publication, but the guy had a stick up his ass and he destroyed the poor guys. Like they're young 20s. Like, yeah, they like they might sound like Led Zeppelin, but man, just eviscerated them. Yeah, what do you give them like a 1.7 or something like that? Like, <laughs> yeah. like you can't I mean, have. I, I gave some have. bad scores too, but you know. Yeah, but those are those are balanced by the other scores, you know? <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh well cool. That was great, Jack. Uh, no. Very much appreciate hopping on, man. Yeah. Absolutely. 100 percent Well, uh, yeah, definitely give uh give some other uh longtime reader, first time uh callers to uh <laughs> to maybe uh, submit some music. But uh yeah, definitely um anytime you guys are uh are looking for something that uh for me, if I can try and uh back up the uh the first the the first attempt i'd be more than happy to uh to suggest another one review it with you guys and and i'd definitely hop back on because uh it's uh it's too easy talking music with you boys so i appreciate it uh all right thanks to jack thompson again for coming on and talking that standout 2021 album we greatly appreciate any follower feedback as we mentioned multiple times, if there's any albums you'd like us to review or if you'd like to hop on a podcast or write your review, feel free to contact us at any time. Or if you have any feedback on Kanye West or Super Bowl halftime shows, we look forward to hearing it. Uh, thanks very much. And too sweet. Too sweet. Too sweet.